All right, before we begin today's episode, we wanted to give a shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. These are the show sponsors. The show Holy stoppers. Cow. Holy cow. We got Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul C., Hanson Screenprint, and of course, Rock the Green. Rock the Green. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on. Eric, cue up that intro. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Alrighty then. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose Uh. of the Dairy State. And we are uh, your hosts, as always. I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, we have another edition of our yearly Halloween series. This is the second episode in that series. And today we are talking about another monster and another lake. Yes. And this one is the Rock Lake monster known as Rocky. (laughs) He's coming out of the water, throwing punches and bowls. Yeah. And his arch nemesis, Apollo Creed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, this is another uh, one of those lake monsters that, uh, hey, we've probably all heard about uh, over time and the myth and the lore. So, and this one also climbed the steps in Philly, you know. And uh, before we get uh, jumping in on any of that awesomeness, we also wanted to tell you that we have music in this episode from a band called You Win, and we have another beer review, of course, uh, more of the How Many Locos, because what what wouldn't uh, what what would this episode be without that, you know? And uh, we have a, a special interview with Pour Another Round, so uh, really great stuff coming up. Before we dive in on any of that, uh, we just wanted to thank you all for listening and, and doing what you do and, and being, you know, the best part of all of this uh, and and uh, continue to reach out. Let us know how things are going. Uh, give us suggestions of things you want to hear, stories, uh, music, if you have any suggestions of bands from the area. And uh, hey, the best place to do any of that is our website, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Uh, you can contact us through that page. Uh, while you're there, start shopping. We've oh, got yeah. all of our logo merch out there. Again, it is fall. We are in the heart of October. Uh, it's sweater and sweatshirt weather right now. Go ahead and rock our logo on your hoodie. And if it's you haven't already awesome. liked our social media, I try to post every time there's a tea public sale as yeah. much as I can. So you can get a little bit of a discount save on the yeah, shirts. Sometimes and it's like 35% off. It's huge. I mean, it's pretty, I mean, pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, hey, you know, the, the best thing that anybody can do, I guess, for uh, the little thing that we do here and, and we're trying to grow is uh, word of mouth by sharing uh, and then also giving us a like, uh, a rate and review uh, through Apple Podcasts, through YouTube, yeah, any hell, of those yeah. things. Uh, and, hey, you know, give us a five star and throw in a little uh, a paragraph or two about what you like, you know. And 
uh, and then also our Patreon. So uh, if you head over to our website and uh, there's a little Patreon link up there, uh, what's nice about that is it literally puts money directly into the fund for this show. Exactly. Um, you know, there's there's money that goes into this thing every day. We Not buy only, the mu- we buy the music to support the band. Exactly. Like we buy beer to review. We uh, have to pay server fees. Yeah. So this is awesome. I mean, today alone we spent you know five bucks on music. on some tunes, and <laughs> yeah. we easily could get this stuff sent to us by these bands. But we want to support. Yeah, that's you know? the whole thing. If, we, if they're going to um, su- people are going to support us, we want to be able to support local bands, yeah. music, local breweries. So you know, and then obviously equipment costs and stuff too. So uh, when we have things. Uh, kind of on the fritz we've got to replace that stuff and um it it just it really does kind of help keep things just rolling so that way we so that way we don't miss a week you know uh, and we want to keep delivering really cool content so thank you again for everything that you do now let's jump in uh to the water head first because why else would you jump in the water how else would you so this is rocky so before i talk about the legendary monster himself first let me set the scene for you um around 20 miles east of madison in jefferson county lays a lake that covers roughly 1365 acres of land and it's at a deepest point about 87 feet deep one unique thing about the lake is uh underwater which has stumped archaeologists is there's underwater pyramids that lay on the lake beds nah yeah so they must have been put put there some pair in man-made. And a lot of people are leaning towards the Mississippian cultures that once called this area a home. These mounds or pyramids have been seen from the Midwest all the way up into the Cana- to our Canadian bros Yo. and are still somewhat of a mystery how they got there in the first place. However, these pyramids are not the only thing that calls this body of water home. Right. Woo. There's a guy named Steve also who calls Steve it home. Steve lives over there too. Uh, and so does Bob and George, yeah. I think, and uh, maybe Phil too. I'm he really sure. likes Irish Spring, uh, the yeah. two-in-one oh, yeah. where you can wash your body and your hair. Um, if you can donate a bottle to Steve uh, in the Rock Lake, that'd be great. And I always laugh because they got like the farm names too, like Phil Bill Dale. George. Phil Bildale? Phil Bildale. FBD. Phil Bildale. Phil Bildale. Just wow. a one-word name. They, his parents just couldn't decide which so name Phil was Bildale. nice. And uh, he had three grandpas, so he they gave him all the grandpas' names. Yeah. yeah. So the Rock Lake Monster, who is more commonly known as Rocky, was first spotted in the lake in 1867 by a man who simply known as Harbeck, who had claimed to see a large lizard serpentine animal weaving and breaking up through the water. Who does that fucking guy think he is? Prince? Harbeck. Yeah. They just call me Harbeck. Formerly right? known as Harbeck. Formerly known as Madonna. <laughs> this man who lived in the area who who also claimed to have encountered it outside of the waters as well as it was amphibious. So it could come out on land and go back into the water like slither and come yeah. back. So the man said the sea serpent was hidden within the the uh, weeds and the vegetation along the shoreline. Wow. And as, as he's walking past, he startled the beast when all of a sudden the creature's head rose up out of the water and began hissing at him before jetting back into the depths of the lake. Many other witness sightings began rolling in with similar descriptions. They would report seeing a thick and girthy serpent swimming. That was just me, guys. <laughs> just kidding. That was just Russ. It was just me out. naked hanging out. Just under the water surface and occasionally would break break from the water. Fucking thick and girthy. <laughs> it's a girth snake. What wow. is that? Hey. I'm so sorry, the, I just can't get past that. The, I, I love the word fucking girthy. I think it's fucking hilarious. Oh, man. So the water surface and occasionally would break up from the water and raise its head snake and hiss it onlookers. This was kind of the, the, the uh, MO of Rocky, if you will. Mm. 
And around the end of the 1870s, another man named R. Hassman spoke of this his encounter and how he was either fishing or standing still on the water's edge. And as he said, saw what appeared to be a massive limb floating on the surface of the water. But as he watched it more intently, realized that this was no tree, but a large beast of some sort. Scared of the sheer size of the creature, he would do like anyone would do and began poking the body of the creature with a sharpened water stick to, of course. to, to check it to see if it was alive. Hell yeah. <laughs> After stabbing into the creature, it suddenly sprang to life and all attempts <laughs> to hold on to the stick uh, to keep the monster was pretty much couldn't do it, right? I mean, this thing's a beef. This thing's girthy. This thing is like He's a girth monster. big McLarge huge. Beef McLarge huge. Yeah, so, fucking beef Brockbone. Rock Brickman. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, this massive serpent was a, a bit stronger than Hassan and made a mad dash to the middle of the deep portion of the lake and then disappeared from the man's sight. Hassan was quoted as a saying, I could not more hold it than I could of an ox. So the, he, the, thing's a, the thing has some guns, right? Like it's a, a girthy snake with guns. Does this guy often try to hold an ox? He, dude, he holds, dude, this guy holds, holds girthy things often, I'm thinking. My name's so, R. Hassman, and I, I hold oxes. I grip girthy things like uh. snakes and wangs. <laughs> I like to poke things with sticks and then Grab. pick up oxes. The next major sighting of Rocky was in 1882 when two men by the names of Ed McKenzie and D.W. Sabert had challenged each other to rowboat race across Rock Lake. As they began paddling... They were speeding across the lake at, a, at pretty good speeds when they both encountered what they believed to be a large tree trunk floating on top of the water. And the two cautiously approached the limb. And when, like our last encounter, suddenly sprang to life and large and, and the large neck rose nearly three feet out of the water, opened his mouth wide, hissed directly at them. And again, the monster would dive back down into the murky depths of Rock Lake. Both of them were completely shocked by the event, but continued moving when all of a sudden the head again breached the surface right next to Mackenzie's boat. And being scared shitless, he did the America thing and yelled, Bring a gun! Take it over there! There's a big thing out here! Come bring a gun, quick! Sabert would take an oar and slap the water in order to spook the creature away from the boats. Eventually, the shouts would be heard by John Lund, who had gathered up all of his men and uh, they headed out there and, uh, as where the action was taking place. And uh, one man named Wilson was strapped with a shotgun and took aim and shot at the creature. When Rocky turned towards the boat, showed his large teeth, let out a really big, loud signature hiss, and dove back down into the depths yet again. Wow. And after all three boats returned to shore with haste, and they told the tale which spread among the townsfolk in the area. Yeah. And after this encounter, however, the sightings would kind of die down until about around the 1890s when a farmer around Red Cedar Lake, which was believed to be connected by to Rock Lake by an underground stream. But I don't know why that's significant because he can technically breach land. So he's like a snake, right? Yeah, exactly. So he can exactly. technically breach. doesn't really matter how he got there. He could slither across the land. And right, get right. So a pig farmer reported a creature that was 20 foot in length, snagged a hog in its jaws from the farm, all the way from the sh and pulled it all the way to the shoreline and underneath the water with him. And many people believed mm. may have become the new location where Rocky had settled. Many of the animal carcasses half eaten would begin to wash up along the shorelines. In 1892, a farmer by the name William Ware reported five of his sheep had been snatched by the creature and dragged to the lake in the course of merely one night. And many people actually closed up shop in this area and uh, began to move out because of the Rocky panic. Sure. And all of a sudden, the reports of Rocky kind of stopped altogether. Uh, many people believe that the monster just died off, and uh, or so they thought. And it wasn't until about 50 years 
1943, a 15-year-old Joseph Davis was out fishing in a boat when he spotted the brownish-black colored serpentine body of the monster. And unlike other times, the head never left the water and breached and hissed, but it did lunge up its torso about seven feet into the air and drop back down into the depths of the lake. So I'm guessing it's kind of like a worm going back to its hole. It's like... You know what I mean? Like the little tail just <laughs> flapping and japping. Yeah. This girthy tail just slapping kids. This was, I didn't want to say that. Fuck, that's not fucked up. I'm just, <laughs> fuck, don't, just forget I said that. So this was, the la- and this was officially the last sighting of Rocky. So was it real or fake? Eric, thoughts? I, I mean, again, I, I mean, like, the, you never know what those 1800s reporting. Right? Yeah, I mean, you just I, never know. I mean, it could be a legend that kind of just went too crazy and then people were claiming they saw it. I don't know. You and know? I mean, so, hey, uh, we know more about what's underwater now than we did in uh, 1800s. Yeah, that's, that's true. So uh, certain creatures that uh, that, you know, were were relatively unknown then and that would surface, you know, every once in a while. I'm sure it would scare the living shit out of any of these people. And then they just make up these little wives tales. Uh, but I'm wondering more so out of any of this, who the fuck challenges each other to a fucking boat race? Is that like the way to slap a man? Like take your glove and smack him. Like I yeah. challenge you to a boat race. You want to row really fast against me, buddy? Cause I bet you my arms are better than yours. I don't know. I just I bet you a case of bush lattes. I can beat you. I just so. feel like something, there's something more there. Like, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, it sounds unrealistic or something, guys. right? Like the and, story just altogether. But, know, and and they probably made something up because, you know, they had to tell their wives like why their boat was broken or something or like oh, why they lost the oar. You could have just told Wendy you're at the bar getting yeah. fucked up. Yeah, like and you don't have to say you got fought a snake. Right? I lost like, in a boat race and I lost my fucking oar. And uh, yeah, that's I fought a twenty foot snake that hissed at me. Like, yeah, my wife's. I, I'm gonna be like, I'm it's gonna be unbelievable. Honest. No story. one's gonna believe you. Yeah, like. Just say you're at the bar or the strip club, right? Exactly. You don't have to say you fought a, a girthy snake. Like, that just sounds even more messed up. I went to the back alley and fought a girthy snake. Holy smokes. I don't know. Yeah. Like, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to come home and say you fought a girthy snake. It's an alley. odd excuse, and, uh, I mean, whatever whatever works. You know, I guess if you wanted to save yourself from being in trouble, mm, Sure. I don't know if Rocky's the best excuse, but it's a, hey, it's a very bad he's, he's out there as an excuse. So so now before I close up the uh, the episode here, I do have to state that uh, in Ho-Chunk Legend, there is talks of a monster similar to Rocky. Wide jaws filled with many teeth and a body that looked like a serpent. They speak of how the monster would snag and swallow people whole from the shoreline. Their belief is that there are many of these creatures in the area and often would appease the beast by dumping dump offerings of tobacco. So Rocky was like a carcinogen freak, too. He's like all hopped up on like nicotine. He's well, like, and again, yeah, baby, just amped up. Like, we heard we heard the same thing on the last one, too, about uh, similar things. Like, yeah, like the lizard like, beast. Ah, There's a lot of lizard creatures. We don't want you to kill any more of our people, so we're going to... Uh, sacrifice you know offerings to you in order to uh pay you off you know and that it's just uh yeah yeah. these are all very uh similar type stories that you know i again i think are just urban legends they're old wives tales uh so if you got if i mean if you got a can of kodak with you or some skull and you're out on rock lake just dump a little in make sure rocky doesn't come up and fuck up your boat throw one out there for rocky yeah throw throw nicotine gum give him a fucking cig he'll take a lucy any day (laughs) throw a fucking camel non-filter in there that fucker will smoke that shit and head back down to the depths and leave you alone (laughs) he'll be happy as fuck so that's going to conclude our episode on rocky today and now on to our music segment 
So as promised, here we are at the music segment. Oh, yeah. And uh, this one is a, a great... Uh, uh, new. They're newer. They're, uh, they, they, they both had their own separate uh, music projects, and then they sort of uh, had, had been working behind the scenes on some stuff with each other and then decided to... Um, uh, actually put out a project with together and and so they formed you win which it's is amazing uh, uh, an absolutely cool uh project and and there's only a handful of songs released and uh, i know they just recently did a uh, sort of a collaboration and uh, all that stuff can be found right on their uh um their their social medias and then spotify is what you know russ and i generally use but then apple music also has it as well and uh, you win is uh, Russ. You've mentioned yeah, like metric. You a know couple times when we and... first assumed, I I really got like a metric feel, kind of that indie. You know, maybe a little bit of like electro sounds with the instruments. Right. Um. Just that that vocal range, kind of similar. I I think to metric. Yeah. In, in that range, I think they sound really good, and I'm really proud that they're from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Like this is yeah. just incredible to me. Like they're another amazing band where I can't wait to see their full length release. I was and just gonna to say. Stuff, I mean, so. eagerly awaiting uh, a full length or or even you know a substantial EP or something that I can. Uh, put on while I'm, uh, you know, doing something because it is, it's absolutely great music. And I, and I, uh, when I, when I first had heard of them and then reached out, uh, I, I was, um, reluctant because I, I didn't think that they would be into it. And, uh, I mean, pretty quickly I got that message back saying, fuck we're yeah, into we're it. in, we're into it. So, uh, cool. very, very happy to, to be able to feature them and, uh, to, to do, I guess our part you know, and yeah, and whatever we can do, hopefully you know, we can get them out to anybody else. That's, uh, that's, you know, listen here, we're not so. getting the million listens, but we're at least getting a couple thousand here. And there, so it'll help out with whatever we can do. So yeah, go and support. So the, the band is you win and the song is pain monger.
All right. So that was Pain Monger by You Win. And uh, again, I mean, that is just some infectious uh, synth kind of wave stuff that is just uh, electric. I love it. And uh, uh, Russ and I have, have been listening to bands uh, kind of similar that that you can that you can definitely hear influences of, and they're just really really good. And uh, again, we can't wait to see uh, more from them as well. So uh, we now have a beer review, and we sort of hinted at it on the last uh, episode, and uh, it, it comes again from uh, Third Space and. Um, it's, uh, it's their really special one that they've been working on for quite some time. Yeah. And we kind of talked about it on our, uh, we had like a behind the scenes episode we put together, like just kind of like yeah. to promote the uh, Valley week where we talked about how the, the fifth anniversary beer went from five different barrels. So there's a lot of flavors like right away. And a beer like this is, uh, it's going to pour more like obviously like a flat, yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be more of a flat because it's been in a barrel. It's been aged in a barrel. Correct. But what I'm getting yeah. right away, um, obviously, I, they must have been a rum barrel at some point because I'm getting a little bit of the brown sugar molasses. And yeah. uh, Eric, do you happen to know the ABV on this one? Uh, it's, so it's 16%. That's Russ. what I thought. So this one's a hard hitter. And, and in fact, it was, uh, I think, more particularly like 16.7% because they did. Uh, we So we were talking to Andy and Kevin uh, about it on the fifth anniversary. And uh, he, he said that they, they sent in the samples to have them officially tested. And 16.7, I believe, was the uh, was the official hit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'll tell you what, it is all of that. It, it, oh, is, it is 16%. Like, you're oh, getting yeah. that hands down. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you're getting kind of the, the beer is still there. Like, that maltiness of the beer is still there. Um, it's it's yeah. obviously flax. It's been inside a barrel. They're not going to recarb it. Um, you're getting like multiple flavors. I mean, kind of up front, I'm getting like a little bit of a brown sugar, maybe a molasses from like some sort of rum right away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe I don't know if it was in a bourbon barrel, but are you getting maybe a hint of the multi bourbon too? like maybe a hint? Yeah. And, and so the, the thing that I um, I mean, the one note that I that I got almost immediately was that of like caramel. Oh, it yeah. You very, get, it's very caramely. And uh, for sure. And so it tastes good, like good and sweet. And then it also has that very boozy, licious uh, flavoring to it as well. And and so um, it's it's all of that 16 percent. It is all of those uh, amazing aging flavors that it has been in all of those different barrels uh, over the last two or three years. And it really takes on all of that. So this beer is is actually called Solera. Um, uh, five. Um, they they have a uh, uh, a really nice logo that they've created. Oh for yeah, it it's, it's kind of like brown. Cool. It says Third Space Five Year five, Anniversary. Yeah. You know, yeah. talks a little bit about the beer, about the aging, like we told you. Um, right. Yeah, just just a very good beer. And uh, Eric, this came in like a full bomber. I mean, obviously we're just kind of sipping this one just because of how strong it is, and like we gotta obviously sober up and drive home. Um, so we we can't drink obviously a full bomber, but uh, have you crushed a bomber by yourself? Like, no, you know, no, I, you have not. Uh, so the most I've drank of this uh, at any given time was uh, at the the third space anniversary. Isn't get that together. a little small, like eight was, ounce cup, and that was a it lot. was a ten ounce pour. It was ten ounce. Oh man, even that was just intense. Wild. I mean, I mean, to start off a night with that would just. 
I mean, it really know. sets the tone. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. I um, mean, like literally, if you're going to drink a beer like this with this higher percentage, if you have a 10 ounce pour, drink it, you're going to get buzzed, switch to a cheap beer because you're not going to remember any of the other beers you had yeah. afterwards, to be honest. And so. if, and if we can make a suggestion, you know, the, their happy place, um, uh, is oh, uh, yeah. it's just it's a very... Midwest pale and, and that would be a, a, a decent one to switch to. Yeah. Good beer. And actually you, you're telling me a story about how they brought this one to a Miller stadium. Now it's a standard pour there. Yeah. So, uh, uh, they, it, it was a, a, the, the, the people at the actual stadium had reached out to third space and said, Hey, uh, you guys are our brothers right there down, the you know, the, River the, Valley. exactly in the Valley. Uh, we would really love to put one of your beers on tap here and, and, and make it available to everyone. And, th- and this is before, um, Miller park and, uh, other stadiums. It was then Miller Park. Now it's American Family yeah, Field. But yeah. back then, you know, the this was before they they really did that whole um, craft beer area. Now they have this beautiful craft beer area with a huge bar, and they have. Uh, I mean, at least thirty beers on tap. It's absolutely amazing. And I remember, you, I think you were telling me Lakefront does have a beer there too. River West Stein beer. I think is they another one few, on tap. Yep. Yeah, they have a few of them on there. You can even get uh, demise. You can get uh, oh, very cool. There's a few uh, really, really good ones that uh, um, you know, and they're all local for the most part. Um, and amazing selections now. And and the the whole the, that whole first time you know before uh, any of that kind of took off, uh, Third Space was invited to to kind of bring a beer there, which was amazing. And now stadiums across uh, all of the uh, Major League Baseball have something like this. Uh, uh, Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark, they have uh, a, something very very similar and a big bar, huge uh, craft beer selection, and and uh, hey, you know. I encourage most people to look up Cincinnati's uh, beer history because they have uh, a very rich brewing culture, just like uh, Milwaukee does. And in fact, uh, Cincinnati was actually considered the brewing capital of the world uh, before Milwaukee was. Uh, cool. And, and they have uh, some really neat stuff. And um, Cincinnati also, they have uh, uh, a lot of times throughout the city, you'll see the pigs with wings, um, which is a very neat story. And I encourage everybody to look that up because it's a, a pretty neat thing. Yeah. And so before we close this out, like you might still be able to get a bomber um, yeah. the, for the fifth year anniversary one. And if you miss this year, they're moving it to another keg next year. So you'll be able to get anniversary six. It'll be, version. yeah, it'll be a whole new barrel aged feel to it. Yeah. It'll well. have a new flavor. Um, but yeah, again, this is the fifth anniversary beer from third space. Check it out. Go down to the brewery and see if you can pick one up for yourself. They have any in the cooler. Make sure you snag one before they're all gone and out of stock. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to include the beer review. Grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? You guys know what that means. How many locos you have? <laughs> that sound is always uh, indicative of a really cool person uh, is about to be. Yeah, and Eric, you're saying you heard this one on 96.5. Yeah, so I listen to uh, WKLH 96.5 uh, every morning on my way to work. I absolutely love uh, their mornings uh, with WKLH. It's it's probably the, the best uh, radio program around right now. And they have a segment that they do called Dairyland Dumbasses. <laughs> and... Uh, this one was actually all over the place. Yeah, you had posted it that so same actually, morning. Actually, where I heard it was from the 608 scanner. 
Um, yeah. So I knew it was going on. I was like, what is even going on here? Yeah. So um, I, basically a, uh, a very unique situation. Yeah. So the occurrence happened at 9 p.m. this Thursday and uh, was in Beloit, Wisconsin on West Grand Avenue. The subject was sitting in the middle of the road, setting up bar stools all around himself so that traffic would not hit him. Yeah. So what's you going know, on here? You want to know a really good way to also have traffic not hit you? To not, not be in the, in the middle, middle of the road. road. They have a car. But, you know, yeah. I was I was joking too because like you know when the need for a brew hits you, sometimes you just need to set up in the middle of the road, right? You need to just tailgate sure. wherever you want, set up some bar stools around you. Hey, it's a Wisconsin way. Sometimes you just need to tailgate in the middle of the road, pull out the grills, get a couple brewskis, yeah. you know. So, which you know, I uh, I can I can almost certainly say that. This is probably a manic episode of some sort. Yeah, um, I think it's a schizophrenic or something else. Unfortunately, or, or maybe just a, dr- a or huge drugs. hard drunk or yeah. drugs could be either sure. either you know drinking or, or drug related as well. But uh, this maybe one, some LSD, some crystal meth. You this know, one's definitely huge. I don't know. Definitely different than our normal. Uh, uh, how many locos? This one we have very little information as far as. Uh, um, history of of you know abuse with this person or anything like that and uh we don't even have their name so we can't do any uh uh, private research on it and we don't have uh really much other than uh you know this one little article that talks about uh, a person who's setting up bar stools as a barricade uh in the middle of the road so they can have a beer or something so yeah so what what are your takes on this i mean for me i don't know how many locals i'm going to go with because i think this is just a mental breakdown or this and you know that they didn't have it in the news the next day it might have been a guy they're used to dealing with who might be like right. has some issues going on upstairs to yeah. be honest so i don't know where to go with this one i mean i think it's pretty ridiculous to be honest like yeah i'm gonna i i mean i have an idea of uh of of a number uh, and are you thinking you're going to go with locals plus mental illness on this one? This is local illness. It, there's, there's, there is an an additive, but it's not mental illness. Okay, I have, I have a number plus, okay. uh, you know, something else. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Are, are we just gonna kind of, like kind of convert this into a loke? Exactly. Okay, yeah. so We're converting the illness into a loke. Too. Here's my thought: is <laughs> sure. it's it's a a one loco. Uh, so, or uh, excuse me, four loco. So yep. they had one full can, sure, and uh, and and it was laced with, uh, you know, like PCP, you know, angel oh, yeah. dust oh, or yeah. LSD or something. Oh, I like agree. That. So it's it's the four loco plus the LSD. Yeah. Okay. Holy smokes! That sounds yeah. like a fucking recipe for disaster. Exactly. Yeah. And and and. Could hey, you imagine if they made an LSD loco, dude? You you're gonna you can't come back. From you that. know you know at some point somebody has tried something like that where they were like, I'm what gonna drop if, acid into my my loke. Yeah. What if what if we took you know this Red Bull or this energy drink and we also put in a psychedelic? You instantly get transformed into the fourth local, the four local local exactly <laughs> the four local dimension. This is the, a very this is a a very psychedelic. Uh, kind of inception thing. You've you know? heard of you've heard of three D, but have you heard of four LD? Yeah, four have you heard of dimension? Four loco dimensional. Dimension. Holy Fucked. smokes! Yeah, like <laughs> you actually might just be dead and in some kind of like afterlife well, type thing. We don't know what happened. Are. Yeah, you're yeah. probably dead. You're probably honest. just dead. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, we're going four loco plus the LSD on this one. This right. is our first LSD loke. <laughs> Hit the cable. <laughs>
All right. Today we're here with Cameron from Pour Another Round, one of my favorite podcasts I love listening to. Obviously, I uh, love beer, and uh, you kind of all know that, I'm sure, by now. <laughs> so, uh, Cameron, can you talk about the uh, podcast and uh, how you guys kind of got together and started doing what you're doing? Yeah, well, uh, I think you just nailed it that we also like beer a lot. So that was a, a big driving factor there. Uh, but I had actually written a book on the history of brewing in Green Bay, and that got published in October of 2020. Awesome. A weird time uh, in all of our lives in the world. So that was kind of a, a cool thing to have come out during, you know, a global pandemic. But that didn't necessarily fulfill the I, I was looking for, for the next project and kind of the, the next creative outlet and to, to keep that beer, that beer pattern going and the, the passion for it there. Reached out to Jonathan and said, you know, I got this idea to, to start a podcast. We like beer. We are both in the marketing industry. We both know how to tell stories. There are these beer podcasts already out there where, um, you know, people want to like dissect the beer and get really scientific with it. And Jonathan and I are not scientists. So yeah, let's just talk to these breweries and find out, find out their own story. Cause you know, every brewery relatively speaking has an IPA or a Hefe or a whatever. So yeah. Why would I want, why would I want to go to one brewery over another? Because each one of them has their own story. So that right. was really the, the spawn of it all. That's awesome. And yes, yeah, so we're going to ask too. So we, I just listened to the Oktoberfest episode. Um, do you guys have a favorite autumn or uh, Oktoberfest beer that you recommend our listeners check out? I am not the the hugest pumpkin beer fan. Uh, yeah, me neither. But, but I've found two that I really like. Pumpkin is one of my favorites. I haven't okay. been able to find that yet this year. Yeah. However, they, they came out with a pumpkin spiced uh, hard coffee. So I think they're hmm. kind of going with the, uh, you know, looking the basic bitch of beer drinkers, I suppose, if you will. <laughs> right. yeah. You got Ugg boots and yep. uh, some uh, Capris, right? Yep. So Exactly. Uh, and then Lakefront, Lakefront Brewery also has a really good pumpkin beer. Um, Badger State's Oxki is one of my favorites as well. Okay. Awesome. No, that's awesome. I, I love, you know, I love IPAs. I love the whole range, but the fall beers, like I love fall. I mean, I not so much like like you said. I don't really love the pumpkin beers, but I love like that Mars and Lagers. Yeah, you know, kind of that like autumn box. You know, the kind of the middle of the road beers where they're not high on the IBU scales, but they still have that like great autumn taste. It warms you up a little bit. Heck yeah! And I, I'm very much a seasonal drinker, so and then getting into those like the full-on stouts and porters in the winter so yeah this is this is one of my favorite beer beer drinking seasons for sure yeah and so i have another one for you um i know i've listened to the show um did you guys have like a brewery that like is really like sticks out to you as being one of your funnest interviews i think the one that meant the most to me was milwaukee brewing company i i went to college in milwaukee milwaukee brewing company was really my first introduction to craft beer you know, once I came of age, that was that was the beer that I drank was Milwaukee Brewing Company. So that was almost like a, a surreal moment to uh, to get to talk to to the Milwaukee Brewing Company and just yeah. hear their stories straight from them. I hung out at their their brewery many Heck times. Yeah. So that was super cool. That's so cool. Okay, and so before we let you go, we always do this with our guests. We always find out how Wisconsin are you, and we usually ask about eight to ten questions where we try to find out and gauge some uh, great Wisconsin questions. So I'm going to start and uh, you just let me know. Sounds good. Okay. So the first one I got for you is uh, for beer brats. Um, obviously you guys have tried a million types of beers now. Um, do you have one that you recommend trying to make a good beer brat with? 
right, I'm going to go with such a classic answer. There's nothing better than making a bratwurst that has been cooked in PBR first. Oh, sure. you know what? That is a common answer, yeah. and I love PBR. I, I'm not going to lie. If I'm going to go cheap, I usually get PBRs or yeah, bush lattes. I love those. They're so good. All right, <laughs> so the next one. You're from Milwaukee, or you've you've been to Milwaukee and kind of stayed there. Um, have you ever closed Wolski's? I absolutely have closed Wolski's. Awesome. I have a, a, a sticker proudly uh, on display on my, my beer refrigerator in my basement right now that I actually closed Wolski's. It was, nice. it was fantastic. Nice. That's definitely one of those uh, Milwaukee bucket list things that everyone should do at least once. I yeah, agree. Totally agree. And then so I get the next one I got is another surrounding Milwaukee area, uh, Summerfest. I'm sure you've been there at some point, but do you have a band or like a memorable moment that you went to Summerfest? Absolutely. Uh, I used to live right up the road from Summerfest, so I could hear some of the, the music coming from there as you're walking on, on the lakefront there. Yeah. But uh, I think the best concert that I ever saw there, was uh the offspring i grew up uh you know high school listening to punk music so it was it was super awesome cool. to see offspring at uh Summerfest. i love you know i loved offspring smash that's, was like my favorite album that's I one of that. yeah for sure just gonna say so that's good. literally right up our alley we we grew up listening to offspring blink 182 no effects and, and yeah uh, I mean, for sure real big fish lesson jake oh yeah the whole heck yeah yeah all right, so the next one I got is kind of a one we have to ask everyone have you ever tailgated at a brewers packers or badgers game or all three um, I've only been to one Badgers game. Okay. I, I, I hang out at Packers games often. Uh, I'm going to ruin, I'm going to ruin my reputation on this podcast right now that I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Okay. Oh so, so <laughs> I, I, I fully love the, uh, the Packer game day. It's very college game day to me. So yeah. whether you're tailgating, whether you're just hanging out at one of the surrounding bars, it, it's got that college game day vibe to it. So while I've only been to one Brewer game, uh, sorry, one Badger game, I feel like, Every Packer game that I go to and tailgate at, it's got that college atmosphere to it as well. So I love I love uh, tailgating for Packer games. Yeah, awesome. And so the next one I got for you, um, we have we have to ask this one. Um, so when it comes to like a brewery, not in Wisconsin, but is there one either in like an interview or one you visited outside of Wisconsin that you recommend listeners coming out? Because I know they can kind of check out your podcast, and you guys have interviewed a ton of these guys. Do you have a favorite one you've been to? I think uh, I, I'm not sure where they're at with their tap room. They they close it down during uh, the pandemic, but generally speaking, my favorite brewery is Three Floyds out of Munster, yeah. Indiana. Oh, yeah. awesome! So get, get their zombie, right? their, their zombie dust, their oh, gumball zombie dust. dust. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Fantastic yeah. beer. So regardless if you can go to the tap room or not, I would highly recommend picking up some Three Floyds beer. That's got to be my favorite brewery of all time. Yeah. Followed followed closely by uh, Toppling Goliath Pseudo Sue. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is a Absolutely. phenomenal beer. Is that the one with, that's the one with the T-Rex on it? Yeah, and how do you oh, not like a beer that has a dinosaur on it? Hell, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, Who doesn't like it? I know for me, it was New Belgium was pretty cool, and Founders were like two of my favorites outside of Wisconsin. They're yeah. really cool. Yep. Yeah. So, and one of my one of my favorite brewery tours is uh, actually in Chicago. It's a you know Lagunitas. They started out in California. Now they have a huge production space in Chicago, and that brewery tour is fantastic. You kind of walk into the brewery and feel like you're going through the that weird tunnel, like Willy Wonka style, <laughs> with the the neon yeah. lights and the, the the trippiness of it all. But then the brewery tour is on top of the production facility. You're walking on a catwalk the entire way around. So that's a super cool experience. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, so then I got two more for you today. Um, the next one I got for you is uh, Supper Clubs. Do you have a favorite one you recommend to our listeners and uh, to go and check out? 
my favorite supper club is in northern Wisconsin. Uh, I have a family cabin in Boulder Junction. Okay, um, yeah. So Guides Inn is absolutely the best supper club I've ever been to and highly recommend. Okay, yeah, awesome. And so that was going to be lead to my next question here. Um, have you ever had a muddled old-fashioned, and are you a sweet or sour kind of guy? Uh, I love me an old-fashioned. I am a whiskey old-fashioned sour with green olives fan. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah, that's the original recipe. You're not even going the brandy. You're going the original whis- whiskey recipe. What I would recipe. highly recommend. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for your time, Cameron. And I, where can we find you guys? Like uh, social media and every, everything? And uh, yeah. just let our listeners know where they can find you guys. Yeah, we're on we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Pour Another Round. You can find our podcast on any, any platform that you listen to. Anything you listen to, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and then uh, you can check out our website as well at pouranotherround.com. Awesome. Awesome, Cameron. Thank you for your time on the yeah. Sunday. Packers are playing, so it's going to be a good day. Um, but, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we're going to keep listening, and I hope we can collaborate soon and go on a couple brewery tours. Yeah, we'll be in touch for sure. Cheers, guys. All Cheers, right, Cameron. Cheers. All right, bye. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.